Tom Chick, I'm here with Christian Marinsky. Uh, they just call me Christian the Wristwatch. <laughs> and with a Dr. Sleep tagline or two, maybe three, Kelly Wand. Here's Flanagan. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Wand, do you have one for people who may not know who the director is? So that's why she's called the hat. <laughs> do you have one that's a little more sophisticated? Fuck you, chick. This shit's scarier than the gray. <laughs> All right, Z-Bone. Do you have one that's not quite as personal towards me? No. Oh, well, that's it. Okay. All about you, Tom. Dingus, You're what... You are, Dr. Sleep. Don't spoil anything about Dr. Sleep. Tell the listeners just the basics. They may not know much. Hold basics the spoilers spoil. for Kelly Wan's synopsis, and Dingus, just give them some basics. All right. Well, this week we saw Dr. Sleep. A 2019 American drama fantasy uh, putatively horror sequel movie about the difference slash relationship between smoke and steam. Mm. It was directed and edited by Mike Flanagan and written by him based on the novel by Stephen King. It stars Ewan McGregor. Rebecca Ferguson, oh my God. Kylie Curran, Cliff Curtis, Zane McLarnan. McLarnan? Emily... Isn't it just McLarnan? Maybe. Rue McClanahan was uh, not in Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. That's her claim. <laughs> well, the thing Emily... that's uh, weird about Zach McLarnan is he's uh, obviously he's a Native American and he's got this Irish sounding. Yeah, that is a weird man. trait for people. No, but he's got an Irish-sounding name. Kelly Wand, I hadn't finished talking. No, nope, doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, I, I love that guy, but it's, it's, I, I can never remember his name because it, it's there's this cognitive dissonance. Yeah. All right, so Dingus, who besides him is in it? What, what, give us some other cast members. There's a bunch. Em- Emily Allen Lind, Carl Lumbly, and Henry Thomas. What? What? Interesting. Yeah. I, what? I, Dingus, you're gonna have to explain that in a not little bit. Not that one. Right. What? That's not the Henry Thomas. It is the Henry Thomas. What part did he play? Who are you talking? Who? What? Well, you know, we'll get into this in a minute. Dingus, what? What should parents know about the MPA's opinion of this movie? Doctor Sleep is rated R. Mm-hmm. Why? For, for disturbing and violent content, some bloody images, language, nudity, and drug use. Kelly Wan, this seems to cover it. It's from where I'm sitting. Is there anything missing from that list? If you're at an age where seeing Dr. Sleep sounds fun to you, you're allowed in. <laughs> uh, Dr. Fine, Sleep scored fine. a B-plus on CinemaScore. Not well, great. Hey. Oh, yeah. no. Rotten Tomatoes has 76% of the reviews as positive. On Metacritic, the average rating from various reviews is 60 out of 100. At the box office, it tanked big time. It opened at number two behind Midway. Uh, it made $14 million. The expectation is that it was going to do at least as well as Pet Cemetery, which had a $25 million opening. 
uh, and just fell far short of that. So uh, good going, Warner Brothers. Nice. Sometimes uh, my movie's better. <laughs> that was John Lithgow. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> John Lithgow people. Certainly commercially, that is correct, yes. Kelly Wand, I would like you to now do what Mike Flanagan couldn't do and give us an entertaining Spoiler. breakdown of the events in Dr. Sleep. Tom, I can't guarantee the entertaining part. <laughs> do but your best, Kelly Wand. I have confidence in you. Aw, that's really dumb of you. Uh, Dr. Sleep's this. <clears throat> I look on IMDb to find a description of the events of the first movie for millennials and read the following. Signing a contract, Jack Torrance, a normal writer and former teacher, agrees to take care of a hotel which has a long, violent past that puts everyone in the hotel in a nervous situation. <laughs> While Jack slowly gets more violent and angry of his life, his son Danny tries to use a special talent, the Shining, to inform the people outside about whatever that is going on in the hotel. <laughs> a numbers all 1980. Stephen King nudges me. Those numbers almost add up to 13. So does room 237, although in the book it's room 217. But none of them are 13, math. I can just, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm all, okay, silver bullet. Rebecca Ferguson leans towards a little girl named Violet by some water and goes, Well, hi there. Lawrence Hilton Jacobs, the guy who played Freddy Boom Boom Washington on Welcome Back, Cotter, nudges me excitedly. <laughs> Being old cool. <laughs> My name in this is Rose the Hat. I entice children to their doom, like Pennywise, only I wear this on my head instead of clown makeup on my face. What's your name? Violet, after my mom's favorite role doll character. Mm. Pay no attention to my creepy friends. All right, I guess my shining would tell me if you guys were... <laughs> Daddy Torrance farts awake in a room. He's a kid with a bowl cut. Later on a bench. Hiya, Doc. I lived in the book but died in the movie. You're a gym teacher who liked salami and got stoned and hallucinated that your wife was shooting salamis at you while you were riding a bike. <laughs> that was my Zap character. Classic Crothers. By the way, here's a box my grandmother gave me. Careful now, don't break it. Although since I'm a ghost, it's probably a, also a hallucination, like uh, Batman and Catwoman in Italy. <laughs> Mr. Halloran, how come your Shining didn't warn you that my dad was hiding behind a beanbag in the lobby with an axe? <laughs> Also, why'd you let me stay in the Overlook for any length of time, dick? Also, what's your first name? Hush now, Doc. Now I want you to make a grandma box in your mind and persuade all the shining ghosts to get inside. <laughs> Actually, maybe just one per box. Pretend there's a bunch of boxes. Put one ghost inside each box. And put that in your mind like a misty part. Some CG in the air. Wait, so I want the ghosts in my mind at all times? How are they getting out of the hotel? What the fuck? Danny, who are you talking to? Is it Tony or Captain Howdy? Golly, let's take the snowcat down the sidewander and buy some beans. The side me, Nicholson looks at a mirror and sticks his tongue out. That night, Danny gets bored with his mom's company during TV, and for some reason, Bugs Bunny cartoons run at night. So he goes into a bathroom, then notices his grandma's in there taking a bath. So he shuts the door. He tries to just pee around her, tune out her cackling lunges. Some evil words appear made out of ectoplasm. 
Dr. Sleepsis. La, 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 <laughs> la, la, la. <laughs> uh, terrifying. Halloran's box idea is so successful, Danny becomes an alcoholic. One morning, he notices he's in bed with Brett Ratner and runs to a toilet and starts throwing up. Then he's sad because Ratner's wallet is empty, but luckily his own wallet has money in it, so he removes it and leaves his empty wallet behind as a memento to good times. Meanwhile, at a birthday party, an adorable little girl named Abra watches her parents' idea of appropriate children's entertainment. Hello, kids! My name is Pennywise! (laughs) I guess it's the 80s again! Now here's a magic trick! He pulls out a knife and stands there while the kids clap. Abra's all, I can do that. Ha, shut up, birthday girl. No one cares about your gibberish right now. <laughs> <laughs> he juggles the knife and turns into a spider and juice Newton. Abra's parents get bored and walk into their kitchen to find all their cutlery hanging by the ceiling. Everything abruptly falls, injuring them and breaking stuff and making appliances explode. <laughs> Damn it, Abra! Ah! Meanwhile, in a movie theater, a blonde girl sits down next to a middle-aged man and goes, I'll bet you have trouble explaining these to your wife. She takes out a paperclip <laughs> and cuts the letters Ad Astra into his cheek. <laughs> That's for finding me attractive. Ow, what the? I just wanted to watch this tank movie with Dudley Moore and Eddie Murphy. Who are you? Why is this happening? <laughs> Outside. Well, hi there. My name in this is Rose the Hat. I hang out with an old man named Grandpa the Chair. We all live in trailers and murder kids by eating their shining farts so our eyes glow occasionally. Also, when we die, we turn into CG, so we call it cycling. Want to join us? Your instability should make a good fit. Only after you hear me backstory. My name in this is Kangaroo Sally. I tattoo Latin deodorant names into the flesh of movie enthusiasts because if there's one thing I hate, it's people who prey on the young and innocent. Now, how do we eat again? What are we doing? (laughs) Baseball what? (laughs) Next day at a baseball game. Man, that creepy kid extra always hits home runs. It's like he can read the pitcher's mind. By the way, I played Danny in the uh, Cooper one, but I predict this is the role that makes me famous. His friends all, by the way, that kid's parents make him walk all the way home. It'd be easy to kidnap him. Behind them, Rose the Hat's sinister Spanish friend, Gary the Teaspoon, smirks. That night, Rose and her merry band tickle the kid off screen. A spinning newspaper headlines all, Baseball Kid Missing, Police Disinterested in Being in the Abra farts awake. No, newspapers! Oh, I'm going to do everything in my power to avenge that baseball kid. But she forgets and does nothing for ten years. Meanwhile, Danny suddenly notices he's on a street surrounded by small model buildings, like the real buildings nearby. (laughs) That's what audiences didn't want to see. Cliff Curtis walks up. Hey, uh, I accidentally fell off a helicopter in uh, Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, Classic me. You look like an alcoholic. I think you should be around children. How would you like a job driving a bunch of the fuckers around in a circle on this miniature train 13 hours a day? I can pay you in college credit, and you can live in my attic. (sighs) The fire started, kid. Addicted to rubber cement just moved out Thursday. So, I guess now I have to make espresso using an espresso machine. Oh, yeah, I also need someone to sweep floors at this old people's home that I also own, which has a high mortality rate, although nowhere near as bad as this train. I hire a lot of alcoholics. Just please don't write in chalk on the walls of the attic. That's all I ask. 
that night in the old folks' home. Sorry, Mr. Groove Farts, and this cat really takes advantage of the fact that we always leave all the doors open. By the way, that's my Ewan McGregor. You might want to just get used to it. <laughs> that's okay, Sonny Mabumps. I know what it means when Ed sees the cat peas on your coverlet. I'm gonna die. Urgh. Danny crosses his eyes and consults privately with his finger. Uh, Tony and I concur you don't look good, but your medical condition is also bad. Say more things, Danny, while I have this heart attack, please. Oh, you and Tony have the voices of an angel. <laughs> okay, uh, well, once upon a time, a mom forgot to gas her car, so a rabid St. Bernard annoyed her. Then her kid died because it was hot out and the AC was busted. Then a different car got possessed. So some teens rented a bulldozer. Oh, oh you're great. You're, oh, fuck my real doctor. Your doctor sleep. <laughs> oh. <laughs> now I want to die. <laughs> Just like the people who sat next to Robert Hayes in airplane. <laughs> Danny puts a sheet over him while he's still talking. Nicholson leans over to me and goes, rather be watching anger management <laughs> <laughs> when daddy gets home he finds a happy face written in chalk on his wall and the word hi ah oh, i guess i won't be masturbating in here anymore yeah. hi shining bathtub granny balls asleep the next day at danny's train job Danny, hey, my name's Abra. I thought I'd travel a thousand miles, come visit you at work. Uh, I spied on some child murderers, and they're coming to kill one or both of us. And I think the old one's named Grandpa the Plate. Listen, Abra, our magical ability to be annoyed by ghosts, my black friend called it the Shining. It didn't help him much. When I was a kid, I saw flies covering people's faces uh, when they were about to die. It's not in the movie for some reason. So that's why my nickname's <laughs> Dr. Sleep, although Dr. Flies would actually be... My superpower's much better, and I am an actual doctor. <laughs> I work at the curtain store across the street. <laughs> also, when you were a child, did, what did you see on the face of a fly who was about to die? Gotcha! <laughs> wow, Mr. Torrance, who was that naked man? <laughs> I mean, hey, Danny, let's kill those aging murderers. Avenge the baseball kids. Do it! Abra, no. My train work is more important. Abra's face is all, I guess it's only act two still. The next day <laughs> in a grocery store, Rose the hat's all, well, hi. <laughs> <laughs> Ma'am, please, the glass door of our orange juice section is not a toy. <laughs> Clean up on aisle 12. I'm fine. It was just a psychic girl in Indiana. Wait, why am I in a grocery store? I eat food that night. <laughs> well, hi there. Yeah, Rose, the rest of us have been talking, and uh, you don't need to say that every time you see one of us, okay? <laughs> By the way, we're almost out of murdered kid CG. <laughs> Open a canister of it. <laughs> Fine, here. Also, a 10-year-old attacked me with orange juice today, but I'll show her. They don't call me Rose the Hat for nothing. That night, Rose falls off her trailer screaming. <laughs> Her friends all sigh wearily. Oh, God, here she goes. Well, hi there. Guys, this time she home alone me with a filing cabinet drawer. Ugh. Look, my hand lost some skin. Just like in Gerald's game. Same director. Oh. Rose, it's Grandpa the Spoon. He's cycling. 
We all watched Grandpa turn CG and back for 10 minutes, then greedily inhale his dying CG part thing. I lean over to the Shining Twins, holding hands beside me, and go, I'm actually more scared of animals shaped like hedges, because, you know, it's teeth biting me as opposed to leaves. They slowly turn to look at me and walk off in lockstep. I'm all, still interested! Meanwhile, in a park bench. Uh. Danny, it's me again, Dick Halloran. I need you to help Abra the way I helped you. Well, you didn't help me. You got killed instantly after telling me the ghosts were pictures in a book that couldn't hurt me, which was bullshit. Ah, Danny, that's your shining talking. Holy! <laughs> fine, I'll help kill... I'll... <laughs> All right, that's fine, Halloran. I'll help What's-Your-Face kill some dicks. Later in a driveway... Mr. Cadabra, it's not what you think. I've been speaking to your daughter long distance for years. Then she came to visit my train. And now we want to kill some people. Here, I brought my Arabic friend to watch. He fell off a helicopter. To, uh, <laughs> Cliff Curtis raises a dusty child's corpse in a baseball outfit. This is what Danny and I did last night. <laughs> so, Abra's mom's all, well, I'm no longer in this. Good luck, family. <laughs> <laughs> Abra crosses her eyes and shines, knocking her dad over and giving him a tumor. Okay, Jesus, I believe you. Fuck. What's your foolproof plan, Mr. Torrance? I never said foolproof. Don't worry, Dad. My shining tells me that in the book we all live, so that's good. Later, in some woods. Gotcha, Abra, me, kangaroo Sally, with the syringe. <laughs> what the? Why did you go to stuff, Bunny? What are the rules of my powers? And, well, at least this Bunny's out of commission. Suddenly, Danny and Cliff Curtis fall out of trees giggling and start shooting rifles at them. Wait, guns kill us! What the fuck? As she dies, Sally the garden hose is all... Kill yourself! Cliff Curtis is all... Damn, oh, was, she's really good. He needs a shotgun at himself. Wait, I was talking to the bunny, you idiot! But it's too late. Cliff Curtis' shotgun goes off. He misses, but still slumps off screen. Curtis, no. Damn. <laughs> For some reason, Rose wasn't at this shootout. At least I was smart enough to keep Abra somewhere safe, guarded by her dad. Has no psychic powers or guns. <laughs> Meanwhile, in a car driven by Gary... No one ever escapes from Gary, young lady. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I wasn't at the shootout. Ha-ha. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> you're not wearing a seatbelt. Oh. Damn, maybe I should avoid accelerating and hitting this telephone pole. <laughs> Stops the car and walks off screen. Danny walks up. Good work, Abra. I was possessing you, by the way, so the drugs he drugged you with didn't work. Uh, now we just have to wait for those drugs to wear off. Okay, they wore off. Good work, Abra. Now, we only have one opponent left alive. I've decided we need to run away after all. I know you've beaten her about six times in six and a oh, but um, yeah. I think we're just going to go somewhere and run off. But not just anywhere. To a place where I have had nothing but success. <laughs> the safest place I can think of at all. A place where we'll have all the power. He winks at the audience. The music's all la, 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 la. <laughs> Well, they drive to Colorado in someone's car. Danny gets tired of Abra asking if they're there yet and turns on the radio. 
And in children's train engineer news, uh, one of them has shot a bunch of people in a forest assisted by local favorite Cliff Curtis, a former helicopter specialist. Mr. Curtis <laughs> uh, also injected a bunny with a syringe labeled Ad Astra, kidnapped a black girl, and killed her dad. The girl's mother, who found the dad's body, said, quote, they're probably fine, end of quote. Authorities have no leads and no interest. By the time they reach the Overlook, it's winter. Okay, Amber, I'll go inside and get terrorized. You wait out here, and when you see Rose's headlights approaching, just scream and run in a random direction. (laughs) Uh, Think of everything. And don't let ghosts kill you. And pretend this is Kubrick. Good luck. Danny runs through sets recreated to look like stuff we saw when we were young or not alive yet. Amber gets bored and also wanders around while ghost extras snicker and wear animal masks. Abra texts her friends, lol, 80s, 20s, ghosts, okay, boomer. (laughs) Rose the Hat stops in the Overlook lobby and watches stock footage of blood coming out of the elevators. She smiles affectionately and walks on. Oh, God, that was scary. Stephen King leans over to me. Holy fango, this is terrifying. He goes to the box office to get a drink from the ghost bartender, but a truck hits him. <laughs> Meanwhile, while Rose inconclusively chases Abra oh. around the hedge maze for a bit, he lived. It's fine. Uh, dad. I mean, guy who looks like my dad, I guess, slightly. Wait, you work as a bartender here? How come your clothes are the same and Grady got a tuxedo as a bathroom attendant? <laughs> Danny. Let me explain something to you. Whenever you come in here and interrupt, you're breaking my concentration. You're distracting me. Take me time to get back where I was. <laughs> also, please turn off the boiler or on, or the hotel will explode. <laughs> Wait, what? Who's been watching the boiler till today? This place has been recorded for 30 years. <laughs> Fucking. When the audience wakes up, Danny and Abra stand on stairs while Rose advances on them. Abra, run! Abra? Damn it, she's gone. Well, hi there. By the way, I'm strong. Rose starts beating Danny with her hat. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, by the way, I know where you're standing. The aging extras walk up and start patting Rose. <laughs> what the? <laughs> Ghosts eat whatever I am? I don't understand this movie. Fuck. Was this in the book? Danny's all, I beat you using the most magical CG of all. Sobriety. The ghosts are underwhelmed and chase him down to a boiler, clattering irritably. Danny crosses his eyes. Abra, run again. Damn it, she's already outside, I guess. All right, (laughs) now for my arc's uh, ending part. He triumphantly stands there and does nothing, so the hotel explodes. Abra stands outside, also doing nothing, watching the hotel burn as police cruiser headlights approach. The cops had a feeling. (laughs) (laughs) they call it a hunch the police chief gets out good work abra looks like an open and shut case the hotel explodes some more later in abra's bedroom so that's why it was called a life less ordinary (laughs) that's great uncle kenobi but can i go to bed now abra's mom comes in i heard you talking i guess i've forgotten your psychic um, and I think your dad died for other reasons. She walks back out. Abra smiles fondly at the empty space that Danny's no longer occupying. Then she goes to the bathroom to take a bath 
with Danny's perplexed-looking grandma. <laughs> the end. Kelly Wan, it makes so much more sense now. See? Let Stephen yeah. King guide you through his archways. Dingus, you're one of this podcast Stephen King apologists. What did you think of Dr. Sleep? What's a movie better and a movie not quite as good? Um, boy, I really dislike this a lot. Um, I totally see why they got Mike Flanagan to direct it. Um, but he doesn't understand what the story is about. Even, I mean, I understand our differences as far as uh, source material. We'll get into that. Um, boy, but he cleanly misses the point of the source material and what story he's even trying to tell so you so, do uh, know dr sleep the book then did you read it yeah, yeah. okay good because i want to hear you and kelly talk about that okay good um so uh i went for actually uh movies that were a did a bad job of um showing the protagonist overcome their legacy uh, and actually, my under was Ad Astra. I was surprised if you keep mentioning <laughs> wow. that. Wow. Um, the title keeps hanging out my head for some reason. Because of the uh, the whole sins of the father thing that he says, it's just a terrible line. And then the, my over would be Return of the Jedi. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was the theme again? Um, overcoming Protag- your, uh, your legacy. Legacy, all yeah. right. Kelly Wand, okay. what's a movie better than this and a movie not quite as good? And give me two sentences about what you thought, and then my turn. Okay. Uh, movies with psychic kids and ghosts hanging out was the theme of my over-under, and mm. so my over was six sets, obviously. Mm-hmm. And my under is Friday the 13th, The New Blood, um, the one with the telekinetic girl who fights Jason. But her dad's ghost helps too much at the end. Um but I didn't like the book of this, and the movie I liked. I was kind of intrigued by it and, and interested, and it was kind of dark and brutal. And then I didn't like it by the time the Overlook stuff came in. But, right. But, so. Uh, I also totally not into this. I, I'm not, I'm totally over Mike Flanagan. I think he. <laughs> when were you not? Well, I love Absentia. I like his first movie a lot, right. and I think it holds up. I think there's some real promise in it. Um, he did a movie with. Not Katie Seagal. That's the chick from Married with Children. Shoot. He did. A, he co-wrote a movie called Hush, and he directed it. Oh, and I yeah, really, yeah. I saw that. And I like Hush a lot as well. But everything else he's done, I, I don't care for. Um, so my over and under, because as I was watching this, I didn't know anything about it. I had no idea what to expect. It's kind of cool that there's a kind of a ghost ecology that gets set up, but it gets ridiculous. But my concern as I was watching it is we were going to have psychic battles, and psychic battles don't work in movies. So my over and under are movies that are stupid because characters have a psychic battle. And generally that means the actor like grimaces and waves their hand around or whatever. Uh, And my under, I just watched... I had to watch uh, X-Men Apocalypse to lay the foundation for it, and then I watched Dark Phoenix, and it has one of the most ridiculous scenes of Sophie Turner and Michael Fassbender like fighting over, psychically fighting over, trying to move a helicopter. Uh, oh, it sounds awesome. Oh, it is awesomely absurd and dumb, and yeah, so this was better than Dark Phoenix. I'll, I'll give it that. This was not as good as another movie that I don't care for, that at least does something interesting with psychic people battling each other by going completely over the top with the gore, and that's David Cronenberg's uh, Scanners. Fuck yeah, bro. But I don't like sense. Scanners, and I didn't like this either, but at least Scanners was better than this. So there we go. 
Uh, uh, Dingus, you were right. His name is Zon McLarnan. I don't know where I got Zach McLarnan from, uh, but that's that's the. So you were absolutely right about that name. Woo. Okay, so what's different about the book? Like, what 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 did I miss here? What what you get off my... way easier in the book? That's for God. You get what? They don't lose anyone, if I remember right, in the book battle. And they, it's just the guns. There's no overlook. They don't go to the overlook in the book. Because the overlook the got overlook destroyed in the first right. movie. The, over, right. the overlook has been burned down. They go to a, a campground that's based that that uh, is where the overlook was. They've created a little campground for themselves. So they they sort of worship the ground there in a way. Um, so the the uh, the final psychic battle, and it's a long psychic battle to them. Uh, takes place at this campground where the Overlook was, uh, and in this th- when when they said, um, or who whoever says it's been condemned, which I think was the uh, the Halloran character, it's been condemned. Instead of it burned down, I was like, oh no, here we go. Yeah, it's just a movie, uh, right? And and there's just a number of. Uh, the, first of all, there's no reason for this to be called Doctor Sleep. I mean, he does it like twice. Um, is that a big deal? I mean, I presume it's a big deal in the book. Yeah. Well, the well, first of all, I already first of all, um, <laughs> there's there's a huge bit of of uh, of dealing with addiction, which, of course, yeah. is a tiresome activity. But it's Stephen King working through his demons. Right. It's all about Alcoholics Anonymous. It's constant throughout the movie. The whole intro section is much more graphic and difficult. The, the little kid actually reaches for uh, a pile of cocaine in the opening scene or in the in that scene that you see in the opening, which there's no reason for it to be there. I don't think I don't think Mike Flanagan should be editing and directing his own movie. Uh, somebody else should edit this because he doesn't know where to begin it. Um, and and this thing just has studio fingerprints all over it. It feels scrubbed. Um, that whole cocaine thing is gone. Right. Um, Several characters are gone, which is fine. You have to do that. But the choices that he made were, I thought, completely off base. Um, Real quick, going back to the book, do you guys like the book, and how do you feel about it as a follow-up to The Shining? Go ahead. I'd rather hear you than – my thing's not interesting. <laughs> I'm, I'm not – I don't big, like the book. I'm not a fan of it. Um, I was disappointed. It's, and it's not horror. I mean it's nah. it's – it's kind of, it's a character study about a guy who's dealing with alcoholism essentially, and if you look at like you know I I was kind of playing around choosing Return of the Jedi, but this need for the Force is is almost uh, in in the way that Danny Torrance needs alcohol. I mean the the way the movie deals with it, it's a, it's as if well he's done with that now, so la la la. Um, he made a friend. Uh, and it doesn't really deal with how how it how it relates to his shine and how he uses it, how he's used it to uh, to how how the things interact with each other and how it's how yeah. it's pass, passed down from his father and how important that is to him. Is, um, is the book uh, built like the movie in that it's set up as like a showdown? an impending showdown between this Rose the Hat character and, and Danny. Is that the structure no, of the book as well? between okay. her and Abra. And Abra is OP to the millionth degree. Like, she just annihilates Rose the Hat. The fact that they're running out of the canisters early makes them, like, they're really gimped. It's like, it seems like a really uneven fight. And I remember thinking, God, like, I've never read a Stephen King novel where it's like, 
there's no deaths among the heroes at all. Well, it's 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 a much more of a borrowed um, secret society like uh, Interview with a Vampire or that kind of like ancient society that owns property everywhere and and you know no, they're not gypsies. Like, they're not like homeless gypsies they, driving they around have, in a caravan. They have that aspect to them. They they definitely they're constantly in RVs. I mean they are emphatically not in a van when they pick up Bradley Trevor. That, that's a, a very important point in the book. They're all in RVs. They're, they are these nomadic characters, but they also have a quality where they have accountants, they own property, they disappear into, like Crow Daddy will put on a suit and get on a plane and go make deals, and they deal with their accountant, and he goes that's between more worlds. Yeah, than anything in this movie. Um, yeah, well, this yeah. is just like, it just looks like there's a few people who hang around RVs. Well, it's a ripoff of Near Dark. Yeah. Really? Is yeah. It, that, that, that was my feeling. Is it? Is, and I don't know if that was what. I'm kind of glad to hear that's not what Stephen King did. But that was the impression I got here. Is this is just an, an update of Near Dark, the Catherine Bigelow movie about the vampires in the RVs. Right. With AA as the main dish and that as the fucking garnish. Well, here's the, here's the, the the puzzling thing to me. Um, it seems like as as a story about addiction, uh, and I, 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 you know, I don't I don't know the Stephen King's source material, but I, and I think we could all agree, I don't think this movie understands what Kubrick did at all with with The Shining, whether you no, approve no. or disapprove of that, how different it is from the Stephen King. Pandering. My issue is that yeah, it just does not understand The Shining, and what it's trying to do with this idea of alcoholism, I found a little puzzling, because the idea seems to be that the alcoholism is protecting him and that once he gets sober he is uh vulnerable like that this movie is almost sense. disapproving yeah, of aa i think you're giving it too much credit okay like rambo is my theory just because the, all the other roles are scrambled and gobbledygook and the idea that the overlook is that his dad's the bartender and he's because he, it's not like danny is ever tempted by alcohol after a certain point in the movie so to have jack there that's eh, just i hate the overlook shit it really ruined the movie for me a lot yeah more than I, expected I, it would. I, I was actually looking forward to it and then once it was happening i'm all fuck well, why do well, i want why was it's I no better than this? ready player one really i mean I, no it's I, exactly the same yeah it's anybody can recreate a scene from a, a classic movie no if you context. have the much the money and the will. Oh, I mean, like shot for shot. I will say though, I didn't see that coming. So that was the one, like, for a very brief moment, I was like, okay, cool, we're gonna have cool stuff happen in the Overlook, and we we didn't, of course, no. but nope. I didn't see that coming. So that was kind of a cool twist for me that was a disappointment eventually. I think it, they, in the trailer they give that away, and then that actually made yeah. me curious. And I was like. Oh, that's not a bad – because I'd read the book, so I would watch the trailer going, oh, I don't care. And plus I didn't care. But then when they when I, when I foxed that out from the trailer, I go, oh, that's what's going to happen. It made me kind of interested. Right, right. Uh, but the execution sucks. Fucking terrible. It's it, like it's the worst thing to watch anywhere near The Shining. Like you'll just go oh. – like if you watch this and you hadn't watched The Shining, you would have zero interest in watching The Shining, I would, I would expect. Yeah, you know, that is a good point, Kelly Wand. It doesn't really make The Shining look good either. It's like, uh, shit. But I think that's yeah. just part of not getting The Shining and having nothing to do with it, really. And the right. idea that he – it makes no story, narrative sense that she's guiding uh, – what's her name? Through the hedge maze? What? She doesn't know who Jack is. Neither of them do. That happened. Like, the, the oh, you're right. And that's in their mind, them. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. There's another psychic battle. It's stupid. 
And the hotel, <laughs> the typewriter's still there. It just shut down. Oh, the boiler, why is the boiler? Oh. And the boiler's a book uh, narrative detail. That's like key. It's stupid, too, that the ghosts don't remind Jack of all the things to remind him. He's got to check it every day. That's why Jack's there. That's why they have to be there. I just, I, I love how the boiler just immediately comes back on. Instant. I mean, and it's if, breaking. You, it's you can't turn off a hot tub for a week and have the it. The ghost can't turn back on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just. So dumb. Can I That's give you guys some lines and you tell me if you recall if they're from Stephen King or if Mike Flanagan wrote these? Can I give you guys some? Sure. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, this yeah. idea that ghosts, uh, something is said at some point, they eat screams and drink pain. Does that sound like something that would have been in the book, or do you think that's something Mike Flanagan came up with? The whole that whole world is a hungry place um, has sort of a, a king edge to it, yeah. What about um, oh, who said this? Oh, I think I think oh, the, so uh, I think Ewan McGregor says this about whiskey. Oh shoot, he, he's smelling. Wait, he says it smelled like something on fire. Which I suppose it was. Talking about smelling Ugh. whiskey on his dad's breath. That can't be from King. I refuse to believe it's from the book. Okay. That, that, I don't remember. That struck that me. That might not be bad writing. I'm not sure. Uh, what about this one? A man is surrounded by mouths. His wife, his kid, those mouths eat time. I like well, that one. I think that's a reference to The Shining. Because he talks about the mouths that he has to feed. Jack does. Does he? Yeah, he, he talks about how that's such a burden. What about uh, the the uh, get away from her, you bitch line, which is uh, <laughs> you and McGregor of the ghosts. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson says something like, uh, oh, you've brought someone special. And you and McGregor says, they're not special. They're starving. And then they jump uh, on her and uh, eat her. Is well, that... that's not from the book either, because because the ghosts aren't in the book. Oh right, right, right. Not, that's all not... Flanagan. All right. You're no, he he only lets one of them go to to help him out. I forget which one. Derwent. Here's the here's the last yeah, one. Might have been, yeah. When he's talking to Bruce Greenwood, who's going to give him a job working hospices, uh, Bruce Greenwood says, "Do dying people bother you?" Uh, and he says, "Hugh McGregor says we're all dying." <laughs> that, that's directly from the book, yeah. Okay, then here's the problem. The line isn't, we're all dying. That would be great. The line is, we're all dying, and then it continues when it should have stopped. Here's the full line. We're all dying. We're all just one big hospice with fresh air. A cool yep. line becomes a dumb line. I'm guessing that's Stephen King. That is Stephen King, yes. <laughs> all right. The second one is? Yeah. Uh, we're all dying. It would, that's a great line. We're all dying, but nope. It's a hospice, the, and we're the, all in a hospice with friends. I guess it sounds too nihilistic. That said to his. That said to. I mean, there's a there's there's a structural problem here because Cliff Curtis folds two characters into one, yeah. um, and the the older guy who kind of owns Tiny Town, which is a tourist attraction. It's not like oh, we just. The kids just built this place <laughs> just for fun. It's actually something that the town relies upon. It's 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 an important part of this town, and that and that train is an important part of that town as well. Um, him going there and finding this is is important to him. And the guy that ends up, the older guy, who he he talks about that with, uh, becomes his sponsor, and he's a real um, real hard ass sponsor. 
uh, a sponsor being the guy that you turn to at uh, Alcoholics Anonymous when you're having trouble, basically, or who who is is making sure you follow the steps and you have to check in with them and that kind of thing. Uh, and the Bruce Greenwood character, the doctor is the doctor plays a huge part in it. And here he's just sort of an afterthought, uh, you know, just uh, the very first time he meets him, he's like, your watch is over there. I mean, that's not what happens in the book. And there's no, I, I don't care, but if you're, if that's all you're going to do with it, then don't bother. There's no reason to have that scene there. It uh, seems like it was all Dingus uh, leftover structural material to explain why he's called Dr. Sleep. Like they felt like well, we're right. going to use the title, so we've got to then get him into a hospice. We have to explain how he works there, uh, but then it goes nowhere. Right? Like it, I was expecting also, more. Also, the to... cat's the real doctor. The cat was awesome. I did like the cat quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. The, do- the, the doc. The doctor ends up uh, figuring into the climax and the book, and he and uh, they all live. They're all fine. Super and it, easy, easy it shoot. Ridiculously, turns out that they're that. Um, Danny is related to uh, Abra's grandmother or something. Really? I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah. Remember that one. Why like, did they take that out? That's important. That That's important because for the sequel. I think Jack is their both their father, and she's dying of cancer, and there's this whole thing that's going on with her. Uh, that's that's very important to Abra. Yeah, I'm glad you remember the book better, like this. Well, it's very uh, like I definitely wouldn't have remembered any of this this is uh that's key well i mean i was really nervous about going into the movie because i didn't want to have to sit through um <laughs> a, a two uh, two and a half hour aa meeting and that's kind of how the book feels in a lot yeah of- and i was like i was like oh good it's not the a meeting and then i don't know i turned i liked till i did this fucking movie why do you think this guy this movie was a lot less successful than than it they're both Two plus hours long. They're both R-rated. Uh, it's the it, weird it, one. it did very, very well. Uh, this did not. Why do you guys think that is? I think this was the solo of the Shining franchise, with, with without, without Jack Nicholson and like the money people weren't involved. And then it was kind of a bizarre anomaly that shouldn't have been successful, but for some reason was like just either marketing or the time it came out. Was it a Halloween release last year? I, I think it owes a lot to Stranger Things as well. Uh, I think, yeah, I, I think you're right about that, and I think that um, for that reasons yeah. that surpass my knowledge, but everybody else I talk to seems to hook into it. The clown really captures everybody's imagination as this yeah. scary, horrific thing that doesn't work for me, but it seems to work for most people. And as much as our uh, our writer inners really liked Rebecca Ferguson, I don't think she has that kind of appeal as far as being that dangerous a character and it's not even clear what her rules are well the 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 trailer dingus which i went ahead and watched because i was curious does it give away the overlook thing at the end which it kind of does but i was also curious how they were going to package this and sell it the trailer thinks that the blackboard is really cool yeah and that it is not like that is not the trailer is super like somber and it really thinks you're going to be creeped out by a blackboard that has hello written on it uh so I I think yeah they were grasping for something to rival like a scary clown and I don't think they have nothing yeah no no there's She's nothing not scary like that in the book either though 
And I don't think I don't think Rebecca Ferguson is good in this at all. I would not watch this and think that she's an awesome, super hot, sexy, cool actress. I would never. I would get think that she's super movie. sexy in this. She's pretty sure, but you'd never like. She had I, a gigantic I, rack in this movie. Well, well, Thor, well, Soren Hoagland says, um, I thought it was surprisingly solid and makes a compelling argument for letting Rebecca Ferguson stick her thumbs into your thigh wound. <laughs> yeah, still interested. <laughs> <laughs> and her eyes are great. She has a lot of nice features. I, I she it's, has it's, it's a troublesome part. It's a, she it's has a nice features, hole. but there's nothing to to hang a hook on to. Uh, what are you gonna uh, do? It's as far as uh, is she is she the vampire? Is she she's their spotter, but she also runs this group. This that's known as the True Knot. Um, you like that name, Tom? Uh, is that said uh, in the movie? It said once, and then they just sort of sweep it under the table Jeez. because because it's it's I think it's constantly reminiscent of True Blood, and I think Stephen King has a problem where he sticks with the first image that he comes to, and he's like Steam, yeah, we'll just call it Steam, and just sticks with it. It doesn't matter if it's scary or not. He's like, yeah, that works for me. It'll work for everybody else, uh, or he repeats something over and over and over again that like is a word he just learned and <laughs> whisk. Or obdurate, he'll say he'll just oh, say it over like and one. over and over again, like he's like this Promethean vocabulary. You know, he's he. Oh, you've given us a new word to look up. Thanks, Stephen. Um, or the way he 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 talks. He may, he writes kids like somebody who once heard there was an invention called a child, and he's had a kid. So I I, mean, I I honestly don't know what he's up to. Well, he's a well. Don't get me started. Um. Kids what are hard is... to write. Pardon? Kids are hard to write. He's not good at it. Uh, he's not. I don't. Yeah. I, I would. I would agree writers. there. Yeah. And he keeps writing them. <laughs> he doesn't seem to know. But I don't yes. think. And you know what? What's weird for me, just talking about the the movie itself. I I actually like the first few episodes of Haunting of Hill House, um, because I think that it understands uh, the size of its idea. I mean, it it takes a lot of time to get where it's going, and it's a little confusing and weird. But you watch it, and you're like, okay, I understand why Mike Flanagan is doing The Shining. Um, well, then what's the Henry Thomas thing you mentioned? Because I know he's in Haunting a Hill House. What is he in this? He's Jack Torrance. He's the bartender. Oh. Uh, I didn't see Because I was thinking, man, that's a terrible Jack Nicholson impersonator they got. Okay. That's such a dumb everything. <laughs> I hate everything about it. I hate that it's in the movie. I hate. The I staging. can kind of see it I now. Hate the You're dialogue. Right. That, that is him. Oh. I hate the. Oh, it's so stupid. Well, John Renan, John Renninger says people laughed in his audience when the bartender shows up being Jack Torrance. It's definitely not. Are we supposed to be scared by Henry Thomas there in an American Horror Story way? I don't know what the fuck. Jack. Yeah. So dumb. Whatever. <laughs> that was worse than nothing, by far. By far. Ooh, like, and you can CG it in. Jesus. Brian Becker says uh, he would have preferred that's what da that Danny and Rose talked about. We could rule the galaxy together. Speech. <laughs> that's funny. Oh yeah, yeah. Because well, that's whole, that's like Rose's whole thing is to recruit people. Um, but Abra's too powerful to be controlled. She does not want to recruit Abra because Rose has run this coven called the True Knot, which King alternately calls the True or the Knot, just 
just uh, randomly. Um, Classic King. <laughs> she's run it. She's the the power, the true power behind it. Um, for all of these years, she's the the really truly powerful one. And uh, and so the one thing I did like about this was when she looks at Danny at the end and goes, well, "How did I miss you?" Um, there is kind of something cool to What's that. What's the answer to that question? He was drunk the whole time. Oh, I see. He, right. he hid Productive. his light, his shining under a bushel. Yeah, see. Well, I would she, have, she would she would have tried to get him when he was a younger kid, like because that's when they're more most pure. Why did they run out of them? Because there's not that many anymore. I forget. Was there a reason given for that? Yeah. Well, yeah. one of the reasons is uh, that that thing about. Uh, iPhones and right, yeah, modern technology and yeah, kids these days with their newfangled but easier uh, to find and a higher population. I think it even out. I think they'd be fine. The truth <laughs> that it that it dilutes them somehow. I don't know. I, I just the idea that she printed out the page in the library is ridiculous. Kids don't print shit out from the internet anymore. They don't have to. They just have a tab. Should just go home and look on her computer. Uh, why did the movie end with her shutting herself in the bathroom with the old naked lady? That doesn't, she's gonna do the doesn't make thing. any sense because supposedly all of that's destroyed. That's a good point, Dingus. So wait, what, what was Mike Flanagan trying to get at with that? That she's learned from Danny how to shut doors, bathroom doors with grandmas in them. I think I think he's just being cute. He's doing Honestly. a sym- symmetrical thing. No, it's the next generation of bathroom. But it's it so dumb that I know it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense story-wise. He's it just doesn't make any sense any, either because she was never in that room in the movie that I remember. Even. Well, and plus she appealed. She was a, like a – she was the – like that the, – I, I came to – The Shining is one of those movies that I, I didn't like when I first saw it. Didn't like it for years. Yeah, but, and at a certain point, I, I watched it and it clicked and I, I loved it. Kelly Wand – I've I've said this to you. Maybe that's going to happen to me one day with the lighthouse, and, and we'll see. Well, but, it's uh, not scary. But King didn't like the Shining movie because no, I know because King's an idiot. Uh, the Shining <laughs> has nothing to do with the the stupid book that Stephen King wrote. The Shining is Stanley Kubrick's amazing treatise on on uh, uh, domestic abuse. It's it's about yeah, an abuser, right. and and the point of an abuser is he is an abuser his whole life. He doesn't become one because ghosts make him one, and that's what Jack Nicholson tapped into, and that's what Stanley Kubrick presented in the movie. Stephen King didn't understand that, so because whatever. Because he was the Jack character, so he saw it as annoying. Like, hey, wait, I'm not the like. Jack was a good man that the Overlook distorted because he saw himself. Right, as that's Jack. not Stephen so, King can do whatever he wants with his book. That's not what Stanley Kubrick was doing. I know, but it's so, dumb to take that personally instead of just going, "Oh yeah, you made a different story out of it." Right. Like, why would you? <laughs> but so here's the thing: is I. Like my my initial reaction to this is it's like a Prometheus movie in that it's answering questions that I don't care about that didn't need to be answered. Mainly the answer being what happens to this little kid who escapes an abusive situation, and you know he escaped it. His dad is he's out from under his dad's uh, thumb and he's with his mom. She's alive. Like a, that that's what that's what happens to him. Um, I don't if they wanted to do a story about if they wanted to do a sequel to Kubrick's movie. And then maybe have him become abusive and, and explore this idea that he picks that up from his father, this legacy idea that Dingus is talking about. That would be an interesting movie to me. But this, well, it doesn't have a love interest either, so you don't see any dynamic. But instead it's just about a guy who gets better. 
Exactly. It's about a guy who gets better, and it's about it's like the stand. It's like oh, there's these factions, and they're they've got superpowers, and they're they're gonna eventually run into each other and have a standoff. And here's and the crazy the evil guys with their spread. dumb yeah. names, and there's Snakebite Annie and Crow the Hat and and Abra. <laughs> I I mean it. it yeah, so anything cool – like I don't think Mike Flanagan – and that's why I say this as a sequel to, to Stanley Kubrick's Shining. It's not that either. Like I don't I – don't, no. it, it's, it's, it doesn't understand The Shining it, just as much as Stephen King doesn't understand The Kubrick Shining, I think. Well, it's, and, just, it's just corporate pap or shit, this movie, I think. It's a problem for you. I, th- I think so too. I think it's been scrubbed. Yeah, uh, um, nothing I mean, feels authentic. <laughs> I did like Abra the actress though. I thought she was kind of good. My dub. <laughs> I didn't no, like no, anyone in this. All right. I mean, I like yeah, her. nobody. I like this role. You didn't like her? No. It's her first movie. I didn't Sport. like her. I didn't. I'd never seen the snake bite Annie chick before. I didn't like her. She it was really. It was. La, it was just risable. The idea that she's supposed to be a fifteen-year-old. Please. I know. Uh, um, I know. They always do that in movies. Right. I thought, I'm scared I thought to even you guys. Suggest, like Lolita. It's like. Yeah. I thought you guys would have known her because she was in something called The Babysitter, which sounded like it would have been. She's, a one, of, she's one of the ancillary oh. characters, but uh, Samara oh. Weaving and even – who plays the cheerleader in that, Kelly Wan? Thora Birch? Bella Thorne. Bella Thorne. Right, right, right. Redhead. Yeah, so she's upstaged by some of the other women in, in The Babysitter. So I don't I don't remember her from that movie. Um, well, but yeah, I didn't like anyone in this. Even, even Zon McLarnan, who I love that guy. I didn't realize that was him for most of the movie. In this, he, I, like, I, I didn't know if I was looking at Lou Diamond Phillips or what. Like, nobody oh, was getting... Too. Yeah, thank you. Good. Then I'm glad it wasn't just me. Um, I liked Grandpa Flick when he just... What else, what else have you seen him in? Uh, he was... A, so he first caught my attention in, in a season of Fargo where he's amazing, and he's got a, a tiny little part in uh, Bone Tomahawk as the professor. Oh, he was Hansi in uh, Fargo, or Hanzo? Hanzi. Who's uh, he in? Oh, and Tom Hawk, one of the... He's the professor who comes yeah. out and explains who the troglodytes are. And he, oh. he basically says to the white people, you would look at them and you wouldn't know the difference between them, but they're nothing like us. They're nothing like yeah. Native Americans. He's, he's holding the arrow. He's, he's, he's a professor who comes in, who's a Native American, who comes in to basically give us a little bit of exposition the about Native the Americans. troglodytes. Yeah, about the difference between Native Americans and troglodytes. Um, the black guy comes into the Lovecraft tale and goes, boy, these Cthulhu guys are fucked up, man. <laughs> well, there, there's Woo! a whole different angle, though. I mean, I, the fact that he it's has Polynesian. that part, <laughs> the part, the fact that he has that part in Bone Tomahawk, uh, I, I think it's fairly important that it's not a white guy who comes out and explains that. Well, yeah, yeah, no, it's yeah. Big, I'm, not, I'm not making fun of it. I'm admiring it, just to be clear. Yeah. And that and uh, Doctor Sleep could have used uh, more people like that, a Native American, because wasn't the Overlook made on an Indian burial ground like Pet Cemetery? Where was the Native American? This? Where was? That Are you guy? serious? That's a thing from The Shining. It's an Indian yeah. cemetery. Oh my god. Maybe the god. movie only. Wait, that's Maybe in the movie? Yeah. Ugh, I don't remember that. All right. I th- I thought I remembered <laughs> something like that too. Doesn't yeah. Jack say something? I don't know. Or Halloran. I forget who says Are you guys thinking of Poltergeist? Are you confusing Poltergeist with The Shining? No. Okay. It's King. It's King, dude. Just wanted to make sure. King and Native American burial grounds. But there, there is an element. It's not just um, Stanley Kubrick talking about domestic violence necessarily because there is that picture of the photograph from 1921 at the very end of The Shining that shows Jack Nicholson working at the uh, he has always been the caretaker, or he's always worked there, or whatever. It shows well, I mean, it's 
it's a it's a horror movie, and like a lot of good horror, it's, there's there are metaphors going on. But uh, okay. uh, I, I think the point of that thing is, yeah, it's like chilling and horrifying that he gets sucked into whatever time continuum is going on. But I think that's also getting at the ubiquity of domestic abuse and how people look past it and don't see it. Um, that you know that it's it's something that's happened th- throughout time. Um, well, I'm not a fan. I'm certainly not a fan of The Shining, but you definitely see. You're not. Well, what you're. No, no. I, I mean, the way, again, I'll go back to editing. It's really weird watching the scenes. The way it's edited looks like it was edited like by somebody doing uh, a, a job interview video because there's just a little too much time between questions and answers oh, being asked. I love it. I, 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 do, love I love it too. And that, that that's when I first watched it. I was like, this is awkward and it's it's stilted. And no, But I think awesome. it's, it's, it's Kubrick's intentional way – to just draw things out a little bit too long and make them uncomfortable. And uh, just he's eraser-heading you. Well, he's just giving things room to breathe, whether it's it's a, a moving shot or, or dialogue or, or you know, Danny and, and Shelley Duvall watching TV. They have an exchange, and there's this weird Pinterest pause between every line of dialogue. Disorienting. Yeah. It's meant to disorient you. Yeah, yeah. Movies. Well, thing the thing I do like about the Jack Torrance character is that he does use a lot of different strategies, uh, the way an abuser does. Like yeah. when she puts him in the storeroom, he goes through a, a series yep. of strategies to try to convince her. Look, I I think you really hurt me. I'm dizzy. I, I promise everything's going to be fine. I mean, the things that an abuser does. In the book, there's a whole section where. Um, she finds Danny like with the handprints on him and she's like, fuck Jack, fuck you. Cause she, he broke his arm that one time. And then, uh, at one point Danny's all, it was her. And then Jack's like, Oh, it was like now Wendy looks guilty. And so like they're on weird terms. Mm-hmm. She's like, it wasn't me. There's someone else in the hotel, but now, but like she's stuck with Danny's words too. The, the problem with the, the movie um, Dr. Sleep, aside from the fact that I don't understand why it's even bothered to be called Dr. Sleep other than to link it to the book, um, is that Hugh McGregor's character just isn't that compelling a character. No, he's boring. And I don't. And in know, the book, he's born. And, it, and Tom Tom has made a good point about the fact that none of the bad guys are that compelling either. I, I mean, I liked Carl Lumbly as Halloran. I thought he did a nice match job. Um, but Abra pulverizes them. It's not even fair. But I don't it's totally get like Captain Phillips. I don't think there's anybody in it that's a compelling character. Well, and you can see Flanagan is really trying to milk this idea of them torturing the kid. I mean, we're supposed to find that just disturbing and chilling. Look how evil these people are. In the book. I mean, but it's not chilling. Like, it's it's just a kid writhing around and and there's CG coming out of his mouth. I mean, it's not not a real kid, first of all. It's baseball boy, really. Like, there's no... There's no reason for us to care about this kid as anything other than a prop. So when these these evil villains start dismantling the kid, I don't think the audience cares. I don't think that scene has any impact at all. Uh, and it should. It should. Like you, you they're torturing a child. Yeah. Um, they want this child to be in pain because they drink his pain. Screen. And it right. just it, it's it's toothless that scene. I think. Yeah. It, absolutely, it's been scrubbed. I mean, the, in the yeah. it goes on and on and on and on until his vocal cords break essentially and then and once all of this once all of this pain has been extracted from him then 
it, there is the opportunity for steam. It's not like it just pops out all of a sudden, like like a jack in the box. I also like how there's a whole subplot about the kid's body, as opposed to like <laughs> Curtis's body, the dad's, all the true not. Like I don't know, like who knows what they do with all Here, that. Here's how I think Flanagan is an is a terrible director. They're digging, and we yeah. see the tip of the shoe. Yeah. That's all we <laughs> need they, to see. They look away and throw, oh, God. No. But then, then we have to see the fingers. Then we have to see the face. Like once you see the tip of the shoe, the audience now – let the audience's imagination. We know everything we need to know. We don't need to see little fingers. And and they don't – like they they act like they're surprised when they I discover know. faces – a face. One of them that, psychic, by the way. Yeah. Oh, it's exactly. Right, right. I He's thought the up. exact same thing, Tom. I'm like, they already had their moment of surprise. You don't right. get to keep replaying it. <laughs> exactly. Shining fuck screws you up half the time. Doesn't tell you when you're being stalked by... Ah, Here's another example, too, of how I think Flanagan is a terrible director, and this is also partly editing. <laughs> There's a scene where Ewan McGregor is up in his little cool loft, which is actually... That's an awesome place. Um, he's up in the loft... And he sees something written on the blackboard, so he goes up and he starts writing a reply on the blackboard. And then Flanagan decides to pan the camera to the yeah. right, to yeah. the door, yeah. where Danny's going to leave. And then right. Danny walks into the frame and goes out the door and closes the door behind him. And now Flanagan pans the camera back to the left to show us what Danny wrote. Yeah. <laughs> Why yeah. is that shot that way? That is so dumb. What did he write again? It was so boring. It was – I don't even remember. It was, Thanks for writing me. It was like, it was really like I think it was just a shopping list. It was like toilet yeah. paper. <laughs> but just hold the camera leave. there. Like, why would you? Like, why? I mean, why do you have to show us the door he's gonna leave through, and then go back to show us the thing that he had started to write? Like, it, it it's just so inane that he shot that this way, and it made no well, sense. Well, you think it's gonna be like something horrific? Like, oh, it's it's gonna be like uh, Barry, and there's a point to the camera. exactly right. Exactly. There's no. a point for not cutting, but nope. It, and that's the thing, too, is what he wrote is exactly – it's like we've talked about before. Anytime there's dialogue and you know what the next line is going to be, that's not good dialogue. What he writes is exactly what you think he's going to write. I don't remember there being any surprise in the reveal of what he wrote, which right. if, if there was, he's standing in the way of it anyway. Why are yeah. you moving the camera over to show the door? Yeah. Wait, I want to well, play I, dumbest shot in the movie. My nominee is um, mm-hmm. when – the blood comes out of the elevator, and then you see a separate reaction <laughs> shot of Rose uh, expressionless, and then and then just. She is so I mean, unimpressed. It is that's laughable. That's almost like a a, a comedic moment, Kelly Wand. It's yeah. the same she angle. Like, <laughs> that wacky Kubrick. Yeah, classic. I saw that in the trailer. Like, what's <laughs> even happening in that scene narratively? Explain to me. The yeah. blood is fucking with her mind, or she's not seeing it, or she's more evil than the blood, or the blood's nowhere near her feet. God. She, she just appreciates the horror of it. Yeah, because... oh, that was a great movie back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> the, the one that I hated. Whoever directed that was cool. Was um, Flanagan's shot of... of and this is just so lazy, I think, of Danny not going in the bathroom at the beginning and then the the pee pooling at his feet, which is which is something you've seen a thousand times. And it, the one redeeming factor about that of the difference in the book is that Danny decides to go pee in the sink. Not, he doesn't pee himself. He just decides, I'm not going in there. I'm going to go pee in the sink. And then there's this little like thing where Wendy's, where Wendy's thinking – I'm not putting my butt over that sink. I mean, there's this cute little like domestic, like I'll I'll just pee in the sink. 
and it's not that pool of urine at his feet, which I think is a tired image. Doesn't he and wet himself in the in the Kubrick movie too, though? I think so, probably. Yeah. But in this, it's I mean, I think it's just a lazy shot. I feel bad for Wendy, man. She just gets fucked. And in the in the book, he sees flies on her face in like page thirteen, and then she's dead. She's like a heavy smoker, so she gets lung cancer. And dies. Uh, what did you guys think of it? Because I mentioned, what do you think of the actress who plays uh, the young Shelley Duvall? I kind of liked her. She looks to great. That, like she looks, it's thing. like a, she's a she's been in a couple of horror movies. She's not very good, but I just love how much she looked like Shelley Duvall. That yeah. was awesome, an awesome find. Kelly, why did you know who played Abra's mom? No. Come on, are you serious? Zay-Z, how could you miss that? Zay-Z Zietz. Okay. No, close. Uh, that's Jocelyn it's... Donahue, House of the Devil. Oh. Uh, wow, she's a mom now in movies. Um, yeah, but you oh. know, a young hot mom. Like she, she looks great. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, she came out okay. But that dad lives in the book. <laughs> he doesn't hurt her. Oh, boy. I mean, that's what's weird about the book is, like, why they all – they hang out and eat sandwiches just like in all the King books lately. The outsider, they just hang out and eat sandwiches, burritos for the whole last half of the book. Like, okay, we're going to figure it out. Okay. So, Dingus, what's the tally from the listeners? How many of them liked it, didn't like it? Uh, give us give us a, a brief a thumbnail of that. Uh, so Brian Becker says it's a good sci-fi thriller, and I'm sure it only got made because of the the Shining Stephen King revival. But I wish we could just get thrillers without a brand. That means a lot more than that. You know, Brian Becker, I have to say, and I, I you know, it's easy in, with hindsight, um, but I think this movie would have done better, and I'm not being facetious, if they'd call it The Shining 2. Like The Shining Part 2. Like, I think that that would have got them at least another $5 million. Next time, Warner Brothers, come ask me about this stuff. That sounds weird. Especially it? if you're not going to bother to build on the actual title. Exactly, exactly. So they lose nothing by not calling it Dr. Sleep. The people who know the book are going to go to the dumb movie anyway. Call right. it The Shining 2 to get folks in. Cause, yeah. Dr. Sleep has so little to do with what happens in the movie. Yeah. It really does, and it's important, actually, that he has this ability, and it spreads through the town that he has this ability through right. the sort of gossip network, and he's he's grudgingly respected for his ability to do this, um, and it's 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 an important part of who he is, uh, and here, you I mean I I expected it to be if you're going to bother to call it that, then make it a part of the movie because you've got another character that's getting men in movie theaters to fall asleep, then shouldn't there be some sort of... <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I, granted, it's a dumb power. It's like, you're bored. Okay. That, yeah. okay that's I kill you. Power. That's the Dr. Superpower. Um, so John Renninger liked Dr. Sleep, both the book and the movie. Ugh. He thought uh, all the main uh, actors gave great performances and the bit with Lloyd the bartender, of course, he said that people laughed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, he, and he thinks that Jack was in one of the boxes, at least in the book. Um, and Soren, uh. Uh, I, love the, I love the way he puts this, so I'm just going to read this, this, one, this sentence of his. Well, that certainly was a movie of a later-day Stephen King book. <laughs> I know. It's he true. Says, Sobriety didn't help King. He says, too long has a fair bit of horrific things in it, but little actual horror and down-to-earth descriptions for supernatural things that come off goofier than the silliest proper noun. And I think that that's that's very well put because I, I think King just goes with something like steam and then calls it a day. 
you know, instead of actually instead of actually examining who the society is, because it's an old idea, it's an old concept. But if you're going to do it, then go then jump in with both feet. I mean, go for it. Uh, Instead, it's just sort of like dogs don't like them. Oh, yeah. okay, whatever. I think it says Terminators. I know. Uh, So just those three, Brian Becker, John Reniger and Soren Hoekland. Yes. All right. If you're listening, and I know more than the three of you have seen Midsummer, we're going to do a Midsummer podcast next week. Uh, we need your help because we want to know what you thought. Uh, there's a lot to say about this movie, so I know you've seen. If you're if you've gotten to this point of a Doctor Sleep podcast, you've obviously seen Midsummer by now. So send your thoughts about Midsummer to three x three at quarter to three dot com. Get those to us by midnight Pacific, November twenty fourth. Actually, by 11. Uh, oh, sorry, 11, right. We're going a little earlier. So, uh, yeah, get that to us by then. Um, and Dingus, what 3x3 three three should they be thinking about? Uh, they should be thinking about screams because we feed off of them. <laughs> no, we drink the scream. No, we eat the screams. No. We drink the pain. We Uh-oh. bathe in the blood, <laughs> the intestines. We uh, like just file our nails. We wear the screams like a hat. We floss with the nerve endings. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so if you've got cool. some cool screams <laughs> from movies, let us know about those at 3x3 at quarter3.com by 11 p.m. December 1st. Yeah. <laughs> and join us for a Midsummer uh, podcast next week. I am Tom Chick. I am here with Christian Mukowski. It's Christian Murawski. And Kelly Wand. The Shining Twins are like the Lander sisters. Like one's super hot and the other one's repulsive. But I'm still interested. I go to sleep, sleep, and imagine that you're there with me. I'm strong, I'm proud, I'll love you till the day I die. My metal arm is more powerful than the Mandalorian pauldron made out of melted Admiral Akbar movie. Pretend it's a movie, Tom. I prefer that we be more capable and prepared than lucky. Observation, reflection, faith, and determination. In this way, we may navigate the path as it unfolds before us. All right, and we have, what, eight more recharge cycles to go before we get to Aurigai 6? Is that a question, yes, sir? Yes, Walter, that's a question. That is correct. I've had sex with women in a bathtub who were kind of decomposing or looked older once you got inside them. Just don't look in the mirror so much. That was Jack's mistake, dingus. Shine on, Kelly. You shine on. (laughs) That's your shining talking. Special ones that taste the best. The pain purifies it. You understand.